0: We've got our Stars and Skulls grades for the Steelers win over the Rams, but also how the Steelers players are having input in and maybe even helping Matt Canada's game plan. All that and more here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe this to the YouTube, this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the app that you can download right to, on your phone. Create an account and use code Locked On NFL to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed more on them later. Steelers fans, now that you've had time to revel in your victory Monday, it's time to go over things here on Tuesday. We'll get to the stars and skull grades in a minute, but I took time to review the all 22, breaking things down and I'll have a lot of notes on things. when We get to the grades parts, but one thing I saw with the offensive scheme was there was, there's still a lot of the same things that we've seen that have been open and just not capitalized on. Some of it was capitalized more in this game. But you could see certain things that were maybe called more frequently or given the Steelers more opportunities to do things. And it kind of correlates with things we've heard certain players talk about. For example, last week, Mason Cole and Najee Harris talked about how during the bye week, they kind of sat down and got one over things that the offensive line likes, things the running backs like, and trying to put things together. And they went to Matt Canada with it. Uh, Kenny Pickett also talking about how you know they're trying to get more things that that his than he and his receivers identify with, and trying to put things together that can say, hey, these are the parts of the offense that we like more. Let's what if we stick to these. Now, Matt, Canada, you know, you know, it kind of acknowledged like, yeah, that happens. But it's also like something that happens all the time. And it's very true. Most offenses, that's kind of how it works is that, you know, the, the position coaches sit down with the players and as you're practicing going over things. You kind of identify, hey, these are our strong points. You know, this guy likes to pull a little bit more. This guy' this running back likes to hit the power runs versus the zone runs. Uh, this this receiver likes to run these type of routes, it's getting more in these type of situations. Um, you, you put all those together, and that's the job of an offensive coordinator to make sure that all those mesh together well and, for, and, and come out in a game plan that allows those strengths to play well together. Now, again, as far as, the elements of getting guys open i've said for a while that like matt canada that's not the problem with his offense i think it's been getting his getting his players to grasp when when the opportunities are there and executing in those moments but it seems like t- at least with this rams win we got to see if they build on it because we've seen you know some promise and then some disappointment a lot this uh, this year uh with uh, with how they've played sometimes but it seems like with this win you saw Elements in the Steelers' run game that we didn't see too much of. Like I talked about, there was a play where Najee Harris gained 10 yards. It was a really well-designed play. You had both the guards seal out into your defensive linemen. You had... Dan Moore Jr. pull up into A-gap. He took on a linebacker. Mason Cole got another linebacker. And those four blocks right there allowed Najee Harris to scoot up the middle. He gets 10 yards, moves the chains on first down with a first down. Um, And that's the kind of stuff that you want to see more often, more aggression. And you saw the offensive line feeding off it. And, also, I wasn't there, but when you go back and you read the interviews and you see the clips that people who were covering the game and were in the locker room after afterwards, you could see like the joy in Najee Harris and other players, especially on that off on that offense, being like this is who we want to be. We want to be bullies. We want to we want to get we want to be able to push people around. We want to be able to do the things that we know what we can do uh, and show that we can that we can do it, especially when it comes to running the football and building off of that and and kind of sticking to it. Like when, when the you know you talk about, hey, we got we get away from it sometimes, but we want to get back to it. And it all kind of balances with, you know, Kenny Pickett's talked about how he's. Had input on things that that he wants to see more in the uh, in the offense, and that's where it's up to Matt Canada to make sure that those elements of the Steelers' offense are more available readily to these players so that they're all kind of playing to this thing. Now you still have to mix things up. You still have to try to keep your opponents off guard, but I saw lots of things that I thought were really interesting in the Steelers offense uh, that I hadn't seen as much of leading up to this game. For example, you know, there's been a lot of complaints about pre snap motions and that is something that I do think that Matt Canada does need to increase more. I think we saw more of that in this game. You saw runs out of the shotgun passes out of from under center. You saw mixing it up a little bit more. And also, uh, there were plays where you saw the pre-snap motion and Kenny Pickett using it to his advantage because the Steelers have used pre-snap motion, but Kenny Pickett hadn't necessarily been able to I, use it to identify a whole lot of things. But I even did a thread of this on my Twitter account at Carter Critiques where I was going over and I was saying, hey, like, look at this play here. They're using Connor Hayward in motion. The if this guy, When this guy follows, it clears out space for George Pickens. Easy slant, 14 yards. And those are some of the easy yards that we've been talking about the Steelers need to have in their offense where they can orchestrate a play where drawing it up. Kenny Pickett can read what the defense is, make a quick decision, get the ball out and get easy yards to his playmaking wide receivers. And they did that more than a few times in this game. And I think that was the most impressive part of the the the, the, the offense, especially when they started clicking in the second half, uh, was that there were some things that they were doing that you could tell were practice Prepared for, and they were things they were looking for, and good reads by Kenny Pickett. And this is where I thought Kenny Pickett truly took a step forward uh, in his in his ability to decipher defenses, because there were several different zone looks that he was throw- that the Rams were throwing at him, and he was under he was reading the the, the the middle safeties, he was understanding where they were going and what concepts they were throwing at him, and then he was figuring, okay, got to go this way, got to go that way. And sometimes he still panicked a little too much in the pocket. Sometimes he did make mistakes. But by and large in this game, I thought that you saw him seeing the field. There was a play. I think it was an 11-yard out route in the third quarter, I want to say, when the Steelers were, I think, setting up. Uh, no, I think it was actually – no, I think it was the fourth quarter. It was the fourth quarter, excuse me. I think it was setting up the Jalen Warren touchdown on that drive. But where Deontay Johnson's lined up, kind of bunched in on the on the formation, uh, everyone in the Rams is kind of lined off a bit. But once the play snapped – uh there's only one corner to the sideline where Johnson is and um, and Kenny Pickett recognized that along with a blitz and said okay just got to wait for Johnson to hit his break as soon as he throws as soon as he breaks I'm throwing it to to the sideline there because that's that cornerback who's playing that sideline can't afford to jump this pass because he's he has deep third responsibilities and he can't let anyone get behind him or it's a touchdown so um a lot of, a lot of reads like that where you know this Kenny Pick was able to identify things and also you know other things that disguise other runs. Najee Harris's run um you know had a had a linebacker loaded up right in the middle of the formation but he gets taken out of the play. Why? Because Connor Hayward as the play was starting was was in a jet sweep motion that suggested that oh maybe he could be the threat to get to get the ball here, and that middle, that Mike linebacker that was in the middle of that defense waiting waiting to hit Najee Harris, he follows Connor Hayward take, and he, because he has to because if he doesn't and he gets the ball, it's a problem and it could be. Uh, it could be a touchdown that way, but when he follows Connor Hayward one way, it gives one less blocker for the offensive line to worry about and for Najee Harris to worry about. And he and he gets into the end zone. And again, you saw that the emotion coming from him just to, as they were getting those touchdowns, uh, him and Jalen Warren both being excited for each other. I think that this is where there's something real to build on with this Steelers offense, especially with Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, and what they're and what they're trying to put together. Still a long way to go. They haven't figured it all out. Not saying that they have. But these are the type of things that can build into an offense, finding rhythm, finding more abilities, and finding more chances to put points on the board and become a more consistent unit. And that's what the Steelers need right now is they need some levels of consistency. I think they found some of it on sunday they need to keep pushing and find more of it before next sunday when they take on the jaguars we'll get to our stars and skulls grades in a minute here on the lockdown Steelers podcast i'm your host chris carter stick with us we still have a lot to discuss in in this episode uh in, in here so don't go anywhere we'll be right back right after this But first, wanna remind you that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, is the number one place where people go to define jobs. So if you're an employer looking for jobs, this is the best place to find candidates. Every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. But when you use LinkedIn jobs, it makes it easy to find the right people to fit, to fit your, your business and the white people you want to talk to faster and for free. All you have to do is create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs and your job will reach out to reach out to your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then all you have to do is add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and to spread the word that you're hiring. So your network can, help you find the right people to hire simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit linkedin post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply well, also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize is the Prize Picks is the most fun that you can have, winning up to 25 times your money during football season. All you have to do is pick two or more players, say more or less on their projected stats uh, for the, given to you by Prize Picks, and you can win money on any entry. Prize picks is a fun new daily fantasy game that you that everyone needs to start playing right now. If you're big into fantasy sports, this is a way to get your daily fix by selecting individual player projections and making a simple decision whether they'll get more or less of a set number of of touchdowns receptions yards sacks you name it the the prize picks will let you pick will will let you pick it and it's easy just pick two to six players that you can think of that you have a beat on their day in fantasy and choose whether they'll get more or less than their projected stats by prize picks and Prize Picks lets you make as many entries as as you want. You can win up to twenty five times your money on any of those entries. And with Prize Picks, they have a reboot policy that allows your your plays to stay to stay alive even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top twenty five matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Prize also offers weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday, where every Tuesday, Prize discounts or select player projections are up to 25% off, providing even more value. And remember, this also goes for all the major sports. So download the Prize Picks app and, or go to prizepicks.com, sign the today and play daily fantasy sports. Prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. Use code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL for a, for a $100. Uh, first deposit match when you sign up at prizepicks.com. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our show here, and it's time for our Stars and Skulls grades for the Steelers-Rams game. Now, we're going to switch up the pace is how do this. Normally we start with the stars. I think when we win, we're going to start with the skulls here. For a rem- reminder, if you don't know what our stars and skulls grades are, it's just the rubric that we use here to have some fun talking about the games after we've had a chance to look over the film. The The more stars you get, the better. The more the more skulls you get, the worse. So uh, one, one star means you had a good play with a decent day. Two stars mean a great play with a good day. Three stars mean an all-time elite performance. Uh, uh, skulls in reverse. One skull just means you had a bad play, never really redeemed yourself. Two skulls means you had a bad game as a whole. Three skulls means you were all-time terrible. We've had a lot of those this season. But let's start with the skulls here. And here's the thing. I only have two guys that I could honestly give skulls for in this game. One of them wasn't that harsh. We'll start off with 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 the with the one skull grade, the only one skull grade that I gave that in this game, and that was Keanu Neal. And this isn't a huge knock on Neal. He made some plays in this game. He was in the right position a few times, but by and large, you know, you saw him getting beat on a third down to the sideline. He wasn't making a big, diff, a huge difference in the run game. He was helping at times, but Keanu Neal, I felt like, made some some mistakes in this game. And if there was a weak link in the secondary for for this other outside of the guy who received two stars in this grade, it would be. Uh, Keanu Neal. Now let's get to that two star grade. And this kind of brings up an interesting question about the secondary because the two star grade, I think everyone can kind of see it. It's two skull grade, excuse me, not two stars, two skull grades. I apologize. i doing my skulls before my stars here. Uh, but our two skull grade, or our only two skull grade of this game was Levi Wallace. Now, some people might be asking about Patrick Peterson. We'll get to him in a little bit because he's going to, I think some people might be surprised about a few things here, but Levi Wallace. When I look back at this game, there were just too many plays where he was the guy that was often. The reason I didn't give him three skulls is because there were times that he was good in coverage. There were times that he looked like he was he was in the right spot and he provided a tight coverage window that that they uh, that Matt Stafford wouldn't go at. But that two two Atwell touchdown was pretty rough. There were other plays where he looked he looked beaten, unable to adjust to things. And this is a disappointment for for Levi Wallace because I thought he was trending upwards uh after his first real first couple really bad games for the Steelers so Levi Wallace Keanu Neal your only skull grades this week but I, I think that this is a uh, again a part of it now probably people are going to be saying well Chris what about the run defense why isn't that getting penalized more why isn't that getting more skulls well we'll get to some of those grades and some of the people who I gave neutral grades in a bit here but I, I looked back over this game and a lot of the guys who were on the team who I thought made mistakes that would have deserved at least one skull in this game, they had those redemption plays. And that's why I put that that caveat there. And I always have that that rubric has existed since we started this last year. But um when I when I look at at the, at the game, either you're kind of even keel or you're really good, or you're really bad, or you're slightly good, or you're slightly bad. And there were a lot of the guys who you know didn't play a great game on the defensive line, but they were doing enough. And um, when we when we were looking at that, especially on that defensive front, there were so many guys who you could say, hey, they could have done better, and that would have that that would have actually cemented their their place, you know, in, in the stars. And they they but they didn't. So there's, I, I look at this at how this uh, this this defensive line played and. You know, guys like DeMarv Leal, guys like Keanu Benton, uh, even Armin Watts in this game, Trayvon Adams, they all had very positive plays in this game at times. And yes, there were times where I think they could have been better collectively as part of a unit against the run. But by and large, I think that this unit was that that unit was pretty solid, which is why I only gave two skull grades in here. One was a two skuller, One was a one skuller, But uh, that was really those were really the the main negatives that I took away from this game as far as that. And, and listen, there was other negative things to look at. Of course, you want the offense to score faster. You want the you want the defense to not give up those two touchdowns. All, all those things aside, I just I just look at the Steelers right now, and I see um, uh, you know I see a, I see a team, especially when it comes to the uh you know the the defensive front they're figuring things out they're kind of coalescing they're putting things together on how to on how to stop the run but they're individually making plays and that's what's interesting about this group right now is that that's why and that's why I gave some of these guys neutral grades and some of these guys stars because they made plays even when they got beat in certain situations so let's get into some more of these grades here I'm going to start with a simple one because we're going to save We're going to do this very differently. Normally, we build up with stars. We're going to start with our three stars first because there's only one player. I actually gave a three-star grade here, and that was their kicker, Chris Boswell, because yet again, he's perfect in the NFL. He keeps knocking it down, and Chris Boswell, he might be the best kicker in the NFL right now. And I know Justin Tucker is Justin Tucker, and historically, he's better, and he has a stronger leg and blah, 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 blah. But everyone else is missing kicks across the NFL everywhere except Chris Boswell, and I think he deserves praise for that. Um, so that's that being there now we'll get to why some of the other players that you're probably thinking of weren't three stars but I'm telling you right now I almost ran out of space for my one stars and I think this is the most two-star grades that I've ever given for a Steelers game since I've started doing this so lots of fun to break down here we'll do that all here in the Locked On Steelers podcast in just a minute I'm your host Chris Carter stick with us still got a lot to discuss here right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast But first, we want to remind you that this show is also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the number one way that you need to go buy tickets where buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They give you killer deals on last minute tickets and they have a best price guarantee that just can't be beat. The Game Time app that you can download right to your phone allows you to book tickets up to the last minute or even as far out as an hour after your event has started. And the great thing about it is when you go on the app on Game Time, you see the exact view from the seat that you're purchasing. So you know you're getting what you're paying for and you know what you're paying because one thing that game time also promises they're not going to slap you with hidden fees they're going to put everything up front so all you have to do is click two buttons and you've got your tickets and Again, the best price guarantee. It can't be beat on Game Time. All you have to do with, with Game Time is if you find if if you find that there are tickets in the same section in a row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you one hundred and ten percent of the difference. Snag the tickets without the without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Or go to the website gametime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our stars and skulls grades. Now, we've gone over the one skull, the two skulls. There are no three skulls and the three and the three star grades here. But let's, get, let's go into these one star and two star grades that I have. And this will allow me to kind of talk more about the game and different aspects that we didn't get a chance to because we've had now had more of a chance to see the, the, the All-22 film. Okay, let's go over a few things. One. Cole Holcomb, uh, I'll, I'll read through all of the grades on screen for those who are listening on our audience. All your one-star grades are go as follows. Linebacker, Cole Holcomb, defensive lineman, DeMarvin Leal, Keanu Benton, outside linebacker, Nick Herbig, safety, DeMonte KZ, Defensive lineman Armin Watts, Marcus Golden, def- uh, ed- edge rusher there, tight end Connor Hayward, cornerback Patrick Peterson, defensive lineman Montrivius Adams, punter Presley Harvin, Darnell Washington at tight end, Isaac Samalo, Chuksa Core for on the offensive line, as well as James Daniels and Larry Ogan Joby. Now, again, there's two star grades to be handing out. So if you're still waiting for where you want to, where the player that you were most excited to hear about for doing well in this game, don't worry, it's coming. But let's go into some of these names here as far as why I have them at, at, at one-star grades. I, I'll start at the top here with Cole Holcomb. I thought I think Cole Holcomb is really coming along for the Steelers. I think he's starting to really figure out how he fits in, how he can help tackle, how he can help in coverage and be in the right spots. And there were some times in this game where he did just that. He had He had six tackles officially. Four of those were uh, were plays where he stopped the he's, he, his tackle stopped the play in a winning situation for the Steelers. He's figuring it out; he's getting to the right places. He still has to do that more consistently. He knows that uh, the Steelers know that. That's why he got a one, one, one star grade instead of he didn't get instead of getting a uh, you know a bigger grade there. Uh, because, of that situa- because of how things have played out, especially with the run game. There were some time, times he was the guy who was late to the hole, but still, again, overall, good showing from Cole Holcomb. DeMarvin the Liao. Marvin Leo is another guy where he had some really splashy plays, a play where he kind of had to run stuff right at the line of scrimmage. He had some other moments where he, where he looked pretty sharp, but still was part of that defensive line that was getting pushed around a little bit at times, and you want to see more consistency from him. Now, the one guy that's kind of – uh, gets a reprieve from that D, on that D-line assessment there is Keanu Benton. And the only reason he doesn't have two stars is because he only played 19 snaps in this game, which I still don't understand why. Uh Our, our friend and actually one of the original – I think the original host of this show way back in the day, John Lend- John Ledyard, brought up – he's like, why aren't the Steelers just using Keanu Benton more? He seems so good, and he is. The guy had, what, three tackles? He hit the quarterback twice. He had three pressures in total um in this in this game and only in 19 sacks get keanu benton out there more i think that he, with a with a higher uh, uh with a higher rate of usage he's gonna be a baller sooner rather than later another guy got on this list nick herbig he got his first career sack but he also had a really good run stuff as well nick herbig we saw him throughout camp we, we hadn't seen him in the regular season much he stepped up in this moment got pressure um, and was able was able to show that explosiveness that we saw all throughout camp that made him tough to stop. Demonte KZ, whereas I gave a tough grade for Keanu Neal, I felt like this was a good, good, good week by Demonte KZ with the way that he was able to play the play that, you know, he's he showed he could still be a big hitter, he could still come up and help. Um, and he kind of fit in there. Armin Watts, another guy who didn't play a whole lot of snaps, he had, I think, 17 total snaps in this game, but Armin Watts. Talent, you know, ta- talent is tough to find consistently on the defensive line, but Armand Watts was able to move some piles and that helped out the Steelers, as was Marcus Golden coming off the bench, really helpful there. Uh, you know, not a huge stat day for him, but he was certainly making his presence felt. Uh, another guy, Connor Hayward, um, you know, he I thought he was he was honestly the best that we'd seen blocking at the tight end position this year. And that's saying a lot because Darnell Washington's on this list and I thought he blocked well, but uh, Connor Hayward, he looked pretty solid and he's the, you know, the, the Steelers know they could throw the ball to him. I don't know why they don't they'll throw the ball to Darnell Washington. Cause again, he keeps getting left alone, but that's all another debate for another day. But again, Connor Hayward doing what he's supposed to do. Now I'm going to go to Patrick Peterson here because if someone's looking at me and thinking, Oh, my gosh, Chris, what are you thinking putting Patrick Peterson on on the star list? He had a good game, and I know that if you probably look on, like, PFF or anywhere that charts the passes and everything, he's charged with, with what, allowing three catches on four targets for 57 yards. It's not great or anything like that. But Patrick Peterson is becoming a multi-tool player for the Steelers secondary, and I think we're starting to see the glimpse of that now. Uh, that the Steelers have played with him for about six six games or so going in, going into this his past game. Or no, six games going into this game. But um, we talked about how in camp we saw him line up inside. Patrick Peterson we're talking about there, and Joey Porter Jr. might go outside. We're seeing that now. And we're seeing payoffs for it. He's blitzing at the right times. He's stuffing the run at the right times. He's matching up and creating tough situations for good wide receivers out there. I think that's what you want to see from him. In fact, I did a whole thread on this on my Twitter account where I went over just film from the, from the game Sunday on Patrick Peterson, whenever he was lining up on the inside and how I think that that would, that's, that's been a boost to the Steelers because now it's another body who has good instincts, who's able to help communicate and keep things together up front. And again, it allows me it's Fitzpatrick to kind of be in whatever role he feels he needs to be, to be the Steelers ultimate playmaker in the secondary. So Lots of things to, to to break down about, um, you know, about about the situation and how things have played out with Patrick Peterson. You know, he's still not an outside corner. He still doesn't have that top-end speed anymore. Patrick Peterson, though, he is fitting in well in this defense, and they're finding roles for him, and I think that's what good teams do is they find ways to use players at the best of their abilities at the best of their times. So with all that being said, let's keep moving forward here on the one-stars, Montrevious Adams. At first, I was going to give two Adams two stars, but thing is, thing is, is he's just as big of a culprit as the run getting going for the Rams as you know, he's as big of a. Um, he was, he was as big of a proponent in stopping it at times. So, Montrevius Adams, one star. Presley Harvin, you know, didn't boot. He, uh, he had a couple boomers, had a couple good ones. I think he'll keep continuing to get better. Don Washington, good blocker. I don't know what I throw, throw to him. Then, the offensive line I gave three members of the offensive line one star grade simply because I thought that they could have done more in this in this game. Um, but still held their own, did solid jobs in Samalo, Okora, and Daniels, and also threw in Larry Oganjobi, who did get a sack. But also, I felt there were plays where he kind of could have been better against the run as well for the Steelers. Now, for the, for the long awaited two star list for the Steelers, let's get into who actually uh, was making a difference here in this. So, again, looking at our two stars, two star grades here. We have Kenny Pickett with his first two-star grade of the season, and some of you might be saying, well, he didn't throw a touchdown, but he made some crucial plays, especially in the fourth quarter going on fire. I gave him credit for that because I thought he started to really process the field in this game. That's why he gets a two-star grade. I also gave two-star grades to his wide receivers, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Even outside of just their the plays that they made when they were throwing the ball, they were getting open pretty consistently in this game, and... They deserved credit for that. Yes, they made some bonehead plays. Uh, you know, if George Pickens didn't make some of the bonehead plays that he did, maybe he would just be, a, maybe he would have a three-star grade. Uh, but by and large, these receivers, they're showing they can be difference makers. The offense can be better when they are on the field, for sure. Dan Moore Jr., I actually give a two-star grade, uh, which is interesting because I gave Broderick Jones a two-star grade last time, right? and it now has me looking at it like, man, like, what do you do there? Except, you know, you can play Broderick, Broderick Jones if you want, but Dan Moore Jr. is playing, and he's he, he's playing well. Um, Dan Moore Jr., again, he was pulling, he was hitting, he was physical, he was getting downhill, and in pass protection, he was doing a solid job. Uh, I thought he was the best offensive lineman this week, and that's crazy to think with, you know, with how he had played earlier this season, but again, you know, This is one of those things where I say, like, hey, I'm not the Steelers. I don't see practice, you know, every day the way they do. I'm not in the meeting rooms to see everything that they do. Maybe they know something, and here, at least for this game, seemed like they did. I also gave Najee Harris and Jalen Warren both two-star grades. Not that they had spectacular stats days, but both of those guys stepped up in huge moments for this Steelers team to keep them alive. Najee Harris, uh, the reception that he had uh, after the T.J. Watt interception – um, was just spectacular to 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 haul that in, dodge the defender, tiptoe the sideline, do- and do- dive to get to the ball to the one yard line, so that Kenny Pickett could get his uh, uh, could get could get his QB sneak in just to play later. If he doesn't make that play, they probably don't score a touchdown on that drive, and the Steelers might even lose this game. Jalen Warren also with his with his touchdown run, both were really good in pass protection. That's really why I gave them two star grades because there were several times both of them stoned somebody to keep Kenny Pickett alive also Minka Fitzpatrick led the team in tackles but also was flying all over the place there were also some plays and again going back to some of those Patrick Peterson plays with how he was being used in the secondary there were plays where Patrick Peterson was lining up in the slot lining up outside lining up here there and everywhere but they were trying to find ways to confuse the Matt Stafford with where he was and where Minka Fitzpatrick was and there was one play in fact it was the last pass for Matt Stafford in this game it was a third and 10 and the Steelers come out in like a different kind of lineup and what happens is, is instead of Minka Fitzpatrick dropping back as the deep safety in the middle part of the field, Patrick Peterson did that, and and Minka Fitzpatrick kind of just roamed in the robber role, intermediate, waiting over the middle. Puka Nakua broke to that spot, was trying to take o- take over that spot of the field. Minka Fitzpatrick locked right onto it, was about to pick it if if. uh um, uh, Matt Stafford threw it to him. Matt Stafford, you know, s- was about to seize it, and then as, as soon as he sees that, he throws it away to live another day. And uh, make a Fitzpatrick still that guy, he still is that guy. He just hasn't been in that position to create turnovers as much this year. Also, got to give a um, also realized I think I might have left out Alex Highsmith out of the one star grades, and that's a that's a mistake on my part. Uh, so Alex Highsmith got a one-star grade because he was actually doing really well in this game as well. So I apologize for that. That will be a retro fix as well. But T.J. Watt, his interception, game-changing. He got two pressures in this game, a tackle, didn't dominate on the edge as much as possible. Like, as I said before, the Rams were trying to scheme him out. The Rams were trying to make sure that he wasn't the dominant edge rusher along with Alex Highsmith. He was. Trying, they were trying to make sure, and they did that. they did that job. But T.J. Watt, the way he made that interception, The more I watch it, the more I'm impressed by it because it wasn't just that he jumped the pass. He dropped back into his zone and he broke on that ball before Matt Stafford threw it and he broke on it as as Cooper Cup was running, was was breaking into that part of his route. That had to be some serious film study and to understand that tendency of when that ball was coming and how that ball was coming for him to jump it and make that huge of a play. And in such a huge unconventional way for him. I know he's made interceptions, but that looked like Fred Warner type stuff at inside linebacker, the way that he broke on the ball. So again, TJ Watt defensive player of the year, get out of the way everyone else. That's that. That's his, that's his award. He's also the, uh, now the only other person not named Lawrence Taylor to have 70 sacks and seven interceptions in his first was seven seasons. Craziness. Um, I also put Ma- Mason Cole here. I know people are probably saying what Mason Cole. Oh my God. Two stars. Hear me out. None of the pressure. That got to Kenny Pickett in this game, or could have gotten to Kenny Pickett in this game, came from Mason Cole. Pass protection—he locked it down, and I thought I think he was a huge part. When I went back and looked at some things, I think he was a huge part in helping identify where, where, and how they needed to double team, double team Aaron Donald to keep him from wrecking the game. And if you do stuff like that in the middle part of the offensive line, everyone else is going to feed off of you. I think Mason Cole absolutely was fed off of by the rest of the offensive line in this game, and he deserves a two-star grade. And, of course, last but not least, Joey Porter Jr. That kid looks for real. And I mean that. I'm not just trying to hype people up. I'm not trying to just do that as an exciting thing for the podcast. Joey Porter Jr. looks for real. In coverage. Yes, he needs to work on his tackling. Absolutely. We get that. But like there were there were routes that he ran with Cooper Cup, blanketed him. Just took just took him, took, took him out the play. The plays where he was covering Puka Nakua and Puka Nakua was trying to push off, but he was he was doing just enough to say, hey, I'm not letting you push off, but I'm not getting called for a penalty. Joey Porter Jr. might, might be something special. Again, we still haven't seen him for a whole season yet. Still haven't seen him for half a season. We're still building what we know. Um, but Joey Porter Jr. As a corner right now, he looks like he could be the truth. He looks like he could be the guy the Steelers have been looking for. He still has a lot to show, still has a lot to grow, and he will grow. But if you're you're the Steelers right now, you've got to be happy with where he's at. So, again, there are stars and skulls grades we had here. The only three-star grade, of course, was Chris Boswell, who we mentioned earlier. But lots of two stars, lots of one stars, very few skulls a good place to be for the Steelers and if you're probably wondering well, why aren't there more three stars well I, I think this is a more balanced performance by the Steelers and that was what was impressive about the win it wasn't taking a super superstar Herculean effort from one player though it'd be nice to get that from you know all your players or whatever but it, it didn't take um it didn't take you know Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt winning the game by themselves basically it took team effort across the board for the win and I think that's where I come down on and say like you know what I don't think there were too many three-star grades. I think there were ones and twos, and they did pretty well. So... All that to say, I hope you enjoyed the stars and skulls segment. Let me know in the comment section on YouTube if you disagree with any of our grades, if there's anyone I missed here. Sometimes it does happen. We do do retro grades where I go back and I correct myself like I will with Alex Highsmith. He deserved a star in this game because he was getting after it as well. Thanks again for everyone for tuning into the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Find me here on the Locked on Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, We're t- talking to you about your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Again, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back. Wednesday. We do apologize. We didn't get Alan Saunders on this show because his schedule is pretty busy. My schedule is pretty busy. He's traveling back. We're going to try to have him on the Wednesday episode of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. So stay tuned for that right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.